Welcome to FCC 7. In this episode, which is the first of a series about AI and FCC, we listen to a conversation between Pascal Ahrens and Stefan Rolfsen. Stefan has been working in FCC technology for 15 years, mainly at one of the largest banks in Scandinavia, and has many years of experience in artificial intelligence. Today's conversation is focusing on pragmatic AI, what is AI and machine learning, how it can help, what is hype and what is real. For a few years now, AI has been presented as the solution to all FCC problems from better screening to perfect monitoring to ultimate fraud detection. Usually there is a gap between marketing claims and reality, so Stefan and Pascal explore what types of AI techniques can actually be used in FCC, and what could really make a difference. To kick off the conversation, they start by looking at the AI landscape in FCC today. The first voice you'll hear is Pascal, then Stefan. We have both been passionate about AI and machine learning in, in the FCC space for years now, but we also are what I call pragmatic dreamers. We like to separate facts from hype. So I would like to start by looking at the AI landscape today in, in FCC. For years, many startups and, and actually many incumbents have been trying to advertise AI as the solution to every problem in compliance. Um, it was going to solve identity matching, magically detect outliers, suppress financial crime. But if we take a step back and we look at what's actually available today and how it can help, really, what do we see? To speak about AI and machine learning, we really need to start by speaking about the data. Machine learning is, is about being data-driven. It's uh, that you don't write the code to get your analysis or your results. Instead, you create the, the logic from the data by training, training a model. Then you need a lot of data. And there is certainly no lack of data in financial institutions. I mean, like banks, they're having data about millions of customers and billions of transactions. But still, you see, I mean, the banks are asking their customers numerous KYC questions. Yes, they use their, their accounts for and, and over and over again. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and they, they have it, like years of transaction history. So why do they need to ask for that for their existing customers? All these questions about KYC that banks are asking could actually be answered using their own data. Exactly. Then when you look at the different monitoring solutions in the FCC area, the regulators are increasing the demands on, on what these systems need to do and how they need to work. And that also puts the stress on, on uh, having more and having better data. The regulator has shifted from being focused on the process to be more focused on the outcome. So does that change things from the data perspective? Yes, I, I think it does. Partly it was a um, check in the box that you had the system and you had the process in place. But now it's kind of looking into what are you actually monitoring? How, how many false positives do we have? And what is the time for, for uh, investigating each alert and so on? We need to have to use much richer data. Uh, we need to include new internal ex as well as external data sources. And we also need to get the data faster. We need to move closer to real time. So what you say is we need to move away from the batch mode uh, to more real time and, and streaming. Absolutely. That the next step when you have start to get data on, on your data lake platform is that you just apply AI and machine learning on, on this mix of all the new data that you got together. And I think it's, it's a good ambition to start looking into that. But I don't think you should expect that AI and machine learning would replace all that you have done earlier with rule base and so on. 
I think the important thing is that you, the first thing is that you try to get your data together, get it connected, get it into to a common model and, and start doing analysis on that. And that would give business value very quickly and very short time. It's not like one day you are using rule-based systems and the next day you, you decide to use AI. Actually, these two systems coexist. They can learn and complement each other. Absolutely. There are also machine learning technologies that you can use in your analysis and you should absolutely start using them as soon as possible. But try to make advanced analytics and get values from that before proceeding with trying to get overall machine learning solutions in place. And also, I don't think you should expect the, the machine learning to be an end-to-end -end automatic uh, functionality or process, but rather help with different steps and augment rule-based scenarios. You often told me rules are good to detect known patterns and AI can actually detect patterns that you didn't think about. Exactly. Normal rule-based scenarios are based on that you have some idea about the pattern of activity that you think is suspicious and you set up rules to get the lurch when you have that kind of activity. But using AI, you could find things which are not normal, things that you really didn't think about that you should look for. So if we focus on the FCC space, let's suppose that we have our data lake sorted. What machine learning techniques are most useful in the FCC space? Is it deep learning, NLP, or is it more like analytics and simple regression? Deep learning is, of course, very much in fashion. What makes AI possible is the way that math is performed on multi-dimensional data. The generic term for these are tensors, and computers work multitudes faster on data when it is in this form. This is something that really has driven for many years the 3D games that they are based exactly on this concept and, and they have driven the, the hardware development of graphic cards for computers that are truly optimized for these large parallel calculations. What you say is that it's because of video games that, that we have deep learning. Yeah, yeah. The neural net have been around for quite many years, but the results were not really good. And nowadays you can have really unstructured data and get good results. If you just have enough data and enough capacity to process that data. There are many types of deep learning, supervised, unsupervised, and then reinforcement learning. What type would be most useful in the FCC space? The challenge in the FCC space is there's no lack of data, but it's not labeled. Unless you want to pay people to label all your customers and billions of transactions, you need to do something else. What you can do instead is, is uh, going for, for unsupervised machine learning. And there you, you learn from the data without having it labeled. But in, when you do that, then you can't really have as unstructured data as you have in the, uh, in the, in the supervised. Uh, I think one very interesting area in, in, in unsupervised that can be used in FCC area when you don't have labeled data is using autoencoders. It will then be very good at finding anomalies, but it can also be used for finding complex patterns, find up other uh, instances of similar complex patterns. The challenge here is then how should we represent the, the data in, in the FCC area to make it relevant? There's been some work done on, on a number of financial institutions, and what they've used is the combination of, of something which actually comes from natural language processing which is an area you can see, well, that's obvious in the FCC space to use when you want to, to do name matching or any kind of text matching for entity names or addresses and stuff like that. 
Yeah, I was going to mention NLP because that's quite hot for the moment in the FCC space, especially to try to make sense of unstructured uh, data, especially in transactions. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So it's, I mean, you can use that to get better precision for your for your name matching or, or text matching. But I think when you look at the unsupervised learning for natural language processing that you can do on big text corpuses, I think it's uh, really interesting if you imagine what you could do if we instead trained a, a natural language processing model on financial transactions. If you represent your transactions on a customer, like words on a document, and you have billions of transactions for billions of customers, you, you can predict what is the next probable transaction that this customer will do. And it can say for this transaction, which is the most similar or the most different from that transaction. And uh, there are results, for example, BBVA did 2018, Baldassini and, and colleagues did something they call client to vec and use that for doing different kinds of clusterings and really showing, I mean, the, the potential of what you can do with this. In order to then being able to visualize these these multidimensional models, we had a discussion the other day about uh, TSNE. Can you bit elaborate? Yeah, T distributed <laughs> stochastic neighborhood embedding, and it's used for things like looking at cancers in medicine. It's a really nice way of of, uh, of visualizing it, and there is also open source things like Kepler Mapper and so on to to really see patterns and structures and understand real high dimensional data. And I think that's that's really things which is maybe not for the end user investigator, but fantastic for the analyst in the FCC space working with this multi dimensional data, trying to find what are the no anomalies and what do we really see there and so on. Then you should really use that kind of technology. <laughs> they're also fantastic to do towards management because they really like those three-dimensional colored graphs that are moving and, and, you know. Using these techniques, we are reducing the number of dimensions so that we as humans can apprehend the data, which then, of course, could lead to a discussion where you would say the weak link in the chain is definitely the human. But you are totally right. Eventually, you need to also present that to people who are not analysts and who want to just have a high-level overview of the rationale behind the decision. Yeah, and also investigating and trying to find what is really happening uh, with the customers that don't act in the way that normal customers do. If I try to bottom line all this, I would say at the start of everything, we need data. It's not just about getting the raw data. It's also about ma making sure that we can put it in, in the right format so that it can be used and that we have identified the features that we will need to solve a particular problem. The second big point would be that AI does not necessarily replace what exists. It would actually more complement the current detection techniques. You can use it in all different areas, but it doesn't replace and it doesn't automate everything. There is a third aspect, which is more regulatory. And at the same time that there is this focus of the regulator towards outcomes, AI is becoming less hype and more pragmatic. By using AI, regulated entities can make great progress actually in, in delivering compliance program that actually would move the needle you know beyond that one percent of illegal activity that we actually discover in so many other areas ai and machine learning has proven uh, fantastic results but uh, in in the fcc area it hasn't come to to the same level at all and, and uh, it's a work that needs to be done there is a challenge, I think, with the, the regulators trying to follow up on, on the outcome. Sometimes they focus on kind of 
of um, measure things which maybe are not the things that are driving the effectiveness and and efficiency in actually combating financial crime, but instead more of kind of how you measure what how existing solutions work today instead of how they can improve and take care of the financial crime problems and really understand what risk-based is about. So once you have fully educated banks on AI, then we have to educate the regulator on AI too. That's what you say. Hopefully we can do it in parallel. But I think another very important area, which is not the subject of this, I guess, is, is also, of course, the, the possibilities for financial institutions to work together and work much closer also with the regulators to share a lot of more data in between and so on. I think that's a really important area. The quality of, of the models improve linearly with the amount of data that's analyzed. So that means mm. that if we put all this data together in one big pot for uh, you know, a region or a country or even multiple countries, it's going to be much more effective than at the level of one single bank. Yeah. The challenge then is to define the common model of how we look at that uh, data. Yeah, so that could be a potential new role for the regulator. They could be uh, creating these kind of standards so that everybody would follow them. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, uh, Stefan, uh, for, for this very interesting conversation. Bye-bye. Thank you, Pascal. Thank you. Bye-bye.